Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nine Lives Podcast with your host, Cassia Danny Clark. I cannot believe we're at episode six already. That's crazy. Completely insane. We've made it six weeks. Six weeks of me pouring my heart out. Um, thank you for the love for last week's episode with the gorgeous Olivia. I'm so glad you all learned something valuable from her. A little life update from me. Um, I've been training for this ultra marathon that I <laughs> that I've got coming up in less than a month. Um, had a little bit of a low mood for about four or five weeks there, but I've come up out of it now, and I'm feeling like myself again. Which, when you're in the suck, you you always think, "Oh, I'm never gonna feel good again. This is me forever." And then you wake up one day, and you're like, "Oh my god, there is so much hope for a better future. Let me clean the entire house and rearrange everything." Um, so that was me this morning. I woke up like, "Life is great and everything's fine." So. Really, really happy to be back on top. And to anyone out there who is in the suck, just remember that the clouds will part and you'll feel great and you'll be out on your runs or whatever brings you joy, feeling like yourself again. And I promise this too shall pass. So let me be living proof of that for you. It will always pass. Um, Cowboy had surgery, but he's absolutely fine. He's recovering at home with my lovely fiance. He's such a brave boy. I'm such an attached dog mother. I I just, oh God, the thought of him being in pain is just hideous to me. So he's been getting lots of treats, being very well treated, um, lots of snuggles. So can't wait to get home to him this evening and, you know, chill out. But today's episode, the much requested uh, and something I could talk about for years, years and years, is the story of my running journey, um, how I bloody did it. Um, Because I don't think I have a very normal running story. Uh, So I thought I would tell tell you all the story. Obviously, we're going to talk about the emotions behind it, but I'm also going to go a little bit into the sports science behind running. So I'm going to try and make this a story, give you the feelings behind it, but also try and give you some tools that you can action yourself if you are someone out there who wants to get into running and sees me on my stories going on my adventures like little Bilbo Baggins and thinks, oh, I quite like to do that. Um, Then this is the story of how I bloody did it because I was the most unlikely runner and I still am the most unlikely runner. Um, So I think it's quite a good story. So to begin, we have to start with my first life, which is my childhood. And I was a very active young girl and I loved running when I was little, like my mother could not keep me still. I literally, like there are videos and photos of me just clambering out of my mother's arms and propelling myself into the woods and getting lost and going on runs. (laughs) There is a famous story of uh, me sitting on my grandmother's lap and with my nappy on, uh, struggling so ferociously to get off that her grasp of me broke and then I ran off, turned around, dropped my nappy in front of my whole family and then scooted off into the woods for a run. I was like five. No, I wasn't wearing nappies at five. I was much younger than five, (laughs) but I can't even remember what age I was, but I was very young and I just adored running. And I didn't even know it was running. I just thought, oh, this is great. I'm active and I'm loving this. And, you know, I like the feeling of the movement and it just came very naturally to me. Um, And then Growing up sort of in my younger years, like 
nine until maybe like 14 years old. I was a very serious horse horsewoman, horse rider, equestrian, shall we say. Um, absolutely loved that sport, completely fell in love. It was just my life. It was like I was going before school, after school. Uh, it was, I was obsessed with horses. And there was one film called Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, which if you know, you know, best film ever, best soundtrack ever. Shout out Brian Adams. I still listen. I still cry to sound the bugle even now. And I'm nearly 30. But I loved that film. And what I loved most about it was Spirit, the main character, the horse running free through the plains. And there's this beautiful shot where he he's running and it pans out and he's with the rest of his herd and you can see them all running through this plane and there's an eagle above them there's water buffalo beside them and I think there's a monologue about basically like flying free and I just fell in love with that idea and when I was riding horses and I would go for gallops or canters on my hacks uh, and I did a lot of eventing so that's cross country which if you don't know is jumping over like wooden jumps uh, around a course. Uh, and I felt free when I was on horseback. I felt <clears throat> completely in my body and out of my mind. And like that was my purpose was moving forward and being free on horseback. And obviously I I, I lost that um, when I started to struggle with my uh, mental health. I stopped riding at around 15 years old when I got really bad. Um, so that's, I stopped exercising. That was my exercise. Because um, riding horses and looking after horses is, it's hard bloody work, man. So when I lost that, I uh, I sort of lost a really, really big part of myself. And that's when I really started to suffer with my mental health. And I got really very badly depressed um, through those years. And funnily enough, it was always in, always in the back of my mind, no matter how sick I got or how low I was I was always thinking about horses and horse riding and running <laughs> just it was always there um I actually I remember there was one pretty bad binge episode that I had that <laughs> I was watching vlogs of ultra runners doing UTMB and just which is uh ultra trail du Mont Blanc which is on my bucket list of things to do which is one 100 miles through the Swiss Alps um and I just remember like sobbing my eyes out thinking that's what I want that freedom in nature that's that's what I want but here I am stuck in this flat in Fulham eating myself and drinking myself to you know almost near death and just like feeling so trapped and running and movement always in the back of my mind represented freedom but I had I had lost it so when my therapist then suggested that I go for a walk um I hadn't thought about it in a long time because I just got so down on myself and so into this cycle of like partying and bad behavior and I mean I was just trying to cope it wasn't bad behavior but you know just that kind of lifestyle that I had just that little spark and that little memory of that feeling had completely been um extinguished so when she suggested going for a walk I was like what's I gonna do I don't want to do it I want to go for a walk but I started walking. I started walking in lockdown. Um, and every walk I went on, I wanted to die a little bit less. And I just remember thinking, like, I want to be alive. And I've told this story before on the podcast, but I went to my local park and it was the first time that I had, like, 
registered my surroundings. Like I looked at the trees and I was like, wow, trees. <laughs> I love trees. I'd forgotten about trees, man. Like, and there's this really lovely meadow in the park where I taught myself to run where there's like uh, wildflowers and long grass. And I was walking through it and I just, I think I was, I can't even remember the song I was listening to. It was some classical piece and I just burst into tears just being like this, this is what I've been missing. These simple pleasures in my life, like, you know, not this hedonistic cycle that I trapped myself in. So when lockdown came, I figured I might try jogging, which I was so mortified to try. And I remember just thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I'm so embarrassed for anyone to see me you know like what are they gonna think like I don't look like a runner I don't I'm not a runner I don't know what I'm gonna do what if I fall over what if I can't make it what if I die from not being able to breathe but I thought I, I I thought well I may as well try so I got myself the same sling that I wear now a Nike um fanny pack with bottle <laughs> that's what it's called <laughs> and I wore it around my waist at first and one day I was walking to the park. I used to walk to the park gates. That was two kilometers. Then the loop of the park was three and then it was two kilometers back. So whether I walked or jogged it, you know, that changed as my journey went on. But that was always the loop that I did. And one day, because at the back of the park, there is like a line of very uh, structured trees, if that makes sense. Like there's a line of 10 trees. And I remember getting to the first tree and I was like, I'm going to try and run to the third tree. I'm just going to try and jog. So I took my sling off my waist and I put it around my shoulders, which I think everyone knows is like the classic Cassia like running thing is that I wear that sling, you know, across me. Um, so that went on and I was like, she's in sport mode. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, and then I was like, OK, this is so weird. I'm going to jog now, I guess. How do I even do this? <laughs> I'll just try. So I tried jogging and... I got past the third tree and went to the fourth. So I maybe could jog for 20 seconds in the beginning before I had to stop. So really, really, I was very, very unfit. <laughs> and I was really crushing to sort of realize just how unfit I was. But the next day I woke up feeling like, you know what, I'm gonna try again. So I walked back to the same spot, ran between the trees, walked home. The next day, walked to the same spot, ran between the trees. Oh, I could go a little bit further. Walked home, walked to the same spot. Sling goes in sport mode, ran to the next tree. Oh, I could run a little bit further. And that just completed, like I just kept going and kept going, completing that loop um, until I ran. I think my first running milestone was half a kilometer, which was a huge deal for me, massive. So I was measuring it by the trees and I was measuring it also by songs. So I would run for a whole song or I'd run for half a song and see like, oh, can I get to the next chorus? Can I get to the next chorus? And I didn't know about things like couch to 5K. I didn't know what pace was. I didn't know what cadence was. I didn't know what heart rate was. I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I was just trying to move fast between trees. <laughs> and that continued for maybe six months until the lockdown lifted in summer of 2020 and I just went straight back into my bad habits and lost my progress so pubs reopened friends were texting me saying come out and yeah I got back into some really toxic habits with alcohol 
waking up hungover, too hungover to go for a run or trying, but then throwing up, you know, listen, I'll be honest, wasn't the best summer of my life. But when we got to my 27th birthday, which was 2020, December 2020, I took a long, hard look at myself and I thought, what do I want? What do you want? What do you want from life? Do you want to keep on doing this? You want to wake up hungover every day? You want to be so anxious during the day that you feel awful? You want to feel like you've got no purpose, no drive, no motivation, nothing, really? You had a taste of something that you were doing, even if it was just to the next tree, but you had a taste of something. What are you going to do? You're 27. What are you going to do? And I just said, I want to be a fucking runner. I want to be fit. I want to be strong. I want to be free. I want to feel like spirit. Stallion of the (laughs) Cimarron. And so I continued. I did the same loop again. Continued, continued, continued. Now, at this point, I think I'd got to about a 5K. So in between that time... And this is quite integral to the story, actually, because this really, really slowed my progress. But in between that time, I'd lost quite a lot of weight by that point. And I had started posting my progress on social media. And the algorithm, the beautiful algorithm, had started throwing up content, fitness content to me. And I've never, I'd never consumed fitness content because why would I? I wasn't into fitness. I didn't care. Actually, fitness content really annoyed me. Uh, (laughs) So it started throwing up fitness content. And at that time, I don't know if you guys remember in 2020, there wasn't a lot of content around endurance sports and performance sports for women. Most of the fitness content was geared towards bodybuilding and lifting and small waist, big bum, glute workouts, abs in eight days, all of that, you know, Chloe Ting, (laughs) all of that era of fitness. Um, And I thought, you know, it's a gateway drug for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people you know, you go into it for aesthetic reasons and then you discover it's much more and it's much more of an adventure. But unfortunately, I got sucked into that and I started thinking, God, okay, I have to do a bodybuilding split to be, I don't know, to look like a fit woman. I've got to have big glutes, small waist. And oh my God, TikTok says running kills your gains. And I'm new at this point. I've got no idea about anything. I'm just like really, really in the beginning stages. And so I stopped running. I started doing like walking and then like training glutes like four times a week (laughs) and like tracking my protein, um, which just really, I did not like tracking anything and I still don't like tracking anything. Um, And that really, really stalled my progress. And then I became miserable because I was completely obsessed with only measuring my progress by the size of my waist and the size of my bum. And I was miserable. I was miserable in it. I'd lost that why, that freedom, that, you know, I want this. I want to be out there seeing things, experiencing things, human endeavor. And so I realized that I don't want to do that. And that's okay. Like not everyone gets into fitness for the same reasons. And, you know, I don't have the genetics to look like those girls with the huge, massive bums and the tiny waist. I don't have those genetics, but you do, you know what I do have? I've got the genetics of someone who is as stubborn as a mule and freaking loves an adventure. I am built for this sport. And I could cry talking about this, but I truly am built for endurance running. I absolutely love it. And as soon as I started running again and I stopped the bodybuilding stuff, my mental health improved. I started feeling like me again. And 
time and time again, running comes back to me and I discover that that is my thing. And for other people, man, your thing might be bodybuilding. Your thing might be powerlifting. It might be triathlons. It might be swimming. It might be gardening. It might be kayaking. It doesn't matter. Just Follow the thing that makes your soul sing. If I could give you any advice, it's follow that buzzy feeling, something that makes you smile. So I started training again and I gave up all the bodybuilding stuff and I stopped, um, you know, seeing my progress by the size of my body or my body parts. I saw my progress from how far I could run, what I could do, what I could achieve in that. And I chose a new running route um, down the River Thames, the Thames Path, which forever in my heart, forever and ever, which is where I'm running my first ultra. Oh gosh, which is so emotional. But I started that again and I trained for my first uh, proper 5k that Christmas. So I got back up to my 5k. And then by that point, something had happened, which is I had built a good aerobic base. An aerobic base is just how well you can breathe when you're running, right? Because when you start, you're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh my God, oh my God. Like you can't. And obviously now everyone sees me out there and I'm just like running 10K and I'm, you know, I'm chatting away. I'm talking to you guys. I'm telling you about life, love and everything in between. And everyone's like, how are you doing that? And every runner, every endurance athlete will tell you the same thing is that when your aerobic base improves, which can only be improved by just doing the damn thing over and over again until it does, there is no shortcut, unfortunately. You will unlock something called what I call your cheat pace or easy pace, which is a conversational pace. So it's something that you can sustain for long periods of time, hence why people do these crazy things like marathons, ultra marathons, and ultra, ultra, super mega marathons, like 200 milers, like crazy stuff, because it doesn't feel like running anymore. You feel like you're walking, you know, obviously the body is getting fatigued and all of that stuff, but it's like, it's a cheat pace basically. So once that had happened and I was like, oh, that clicked. Amazing. Slow yourself down, control your breathing. You can go for ages. And that took, I mean, that was a long time. That was like two years of work. It took for me to get to that point. And then that year, my progress just accelerated because I was on the back foot with it, right? Because I was a little too heavy to run in the beginning. So I had to lose a bit of weight for it to be safe. Then I was a very heavy smoker for 10 years. Um, you know, I was smoking 20 a day, cigarettes and rollies and everything, you know, I was that girl. <laughs> um, I also, you know, I've got loose skin. There's lots of reasons why it was, a, it took me a lot longer to be a runner, but I had that vision in my head of that freedom. And I was like, I'm going after that. I'm not, <laughs> I've got the bit between the teeth and I'm going to absolutely do this. And when my breathing then improves and it felt like, okay, I'm actually a runner. It accelerated pretty quickly between five and 10 K but I will say I never had a plan. I never had a coach. I never had anything. I was just a girl out there with the cheap, cheapest pair of trainers ever from Nike on Amazon, a Nike bottle belt that I didn't even, I didn't even know that hydration vests existed. I didn't know what a running shoe was. I didn't know anything about anything. I was just out there because I really loved the feeling of it. And I got myself to 15 kilometers on pretty much no gear. I had an Amazon own brand watch that like was so janky and would sometimes tell me that I'd ran like two meters when I'd like obviously run 10 around my loop. So, you know, you don't need a Garmin. You don't need a pair of pink Oakleys, although I obviously love them now. You know, to start out, really, it should just be you and your 
mindset and that's something you can't buy that's got to come from you and it's like with anything in life you just repeat and repeat and repeat until it becomes automatic and it gets easier but you really really don't need all the gear and don't get intimidated by what you see on social media you know I I've only I've only just started consuming running content on socials since the London Marathon because I, I didn't I have an awful habit of comparing myself to other women runners who are my age or a wee bit younger and it makes me feel awful so I've got to be really careful with the content I consume around running and I hope that you all will be too and I really hope you follow accounts that make you feel included and make you feel safe and make you feel like you know the sport is for everyone because it is for everyone running is something that our ancestors did it's something that we will continue to always do as long as human beings are here it's for all of us it's free it's good for you and everyone should feel included no one should ever feel excluded no one should ever feel like there's a sense of elitism or like you're not good enough to run or you have to look a certain way to run or you have to you know have a certain you know outfit or sunglasses or anything that stuff is fun you know don't get me wrong I, I love a cute fit but you don't need it I ran in a baggy Metallica t-shirt a cheap pair of Nikes and a janky old watch and that's what got me through um and like honestly looking back I miss those days because before I knew everything I know now I was just marveling at the wonder of the fact that I could make all of this progress and it was almost like, you know, when you play a video game and you look over the map and there are parts you haven't unlocked yet, right? And you start on level one and you're like, mm, okay, like I haven't explored that little bit of the castle yet and I don't know, but this looks really beautiful. And you know when that feeling when you see in a video game like open world and you're like, wow, I want to get to the Crystal River. And running for me felt like I was unlocking different parts of my map again. And I was exploring through these like different places. And I was just that sense of independence that running gave me after years of feeling like I had no control and no power to just strap on this silly little water bottle, put in my snacks, put in my favorite songs and off I went. And who, who, who knew what it would be that day? Would it be a five, a 10, a 15? I don't, I never had a plan. I just went out and I just tried every single time. And it felt like such, it felt like such an adventure. And I hadn't had an adventure for years. I hadn't had an adventure and it just made my heart happy, man. And the feeling of being able for so, after so many years of feeling like just a bit of a failure to see the look on my parents and my friends faces when I told them for the first time I ran 5k like I remember getting home after running 10k for the first time and running up to my dad's office and being like dad I ran 10k and he was like oh, I'm so proud of you and I hadn't heard that in a while not that our love is conditional on performance or anything he loves me always but it is nice it's always nice to hear someone say I'm so fucking proud of you for something that you've done so we got up to 10k that's where we were at then after that <laughs> on a random Tuesday I ran 20k so pretty much doubled my distance or I'd got to a 15 and then it was just yeah it was a very random Tuesday and I was like gonna run 20 and my fiance was like right uh, okay fine so off I went round 10 round 10 back along the river um just felt like an absolute superhero. I think I PB'd that. I think I still haven't beat that run, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, I just felt like I was on fire that day. It was amazing. So then I did a few more 20Ks 
um, just got completely addicted to the distance of it. And I loved that, you know, that little space that I had for running just felt like a completely new adventure and just you never know how far you can go. And then I decided the big dog was going to happen and I was going to run a marathon. So I ran, I decided that on my birthday, on my 29th birthday, I would run a marathon. So December 20th, 2022, I would run 42.2 kilometers. I didn't enter a race. I didn't, you know, sign up for anything. There was no medal. There were no crowds. There was nothing. And that's how exactly how I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be me on my own, me and Kate Bush <laughs> and a little dream. And the furthest I'd run before that was 30 kilometers, I believe. So it was the unknown. It was the complete unknown. And I ran it for charity. I called it the Marathon for Mind. I ran it for Samaritans. Um, and I wanted to run it for that because Samaritans save lives every single day. They are a suicide prevention hotline. I have spoken to them twice. Once they saved my life when I really needed it. Um, but that's a different story. Um, so I, I ran it for the sport that saved my life and also for the life of someone that I lost to suicide that I wish I could have saved. And there's a really big correlation between people who have experienced trauma and getting into endurance sports. And I think a lot of it is tied to the feeling of overcoming and the feeling of proving to yourself and maybe other people a little bit that you're fucking made of iron and you can do anything. And I wanted that day on my birthday to prove to myself that I'd made it out completely out and that I could go and I could run 42 kilometers. And this is why running and marathons for people who don't understand it and are looking in from the outside, it's such an emotional sport because you are proving to yourself that you are capable of so bloody much. And so I ran that on my birthday and my lovely fiance was waiting for me in Richmond Park, Pen Ponds Cafe um, at the end with balloons. My mom got me a chocolate medal. I ran 42.2 kilometers uh, on my own and it was a life-changing experience. And I actually, by the end of it, fell over because I was so exhausted. I had to like climb up the hill to the cafe to see my family and friends who were waiting. Um, and I was hooked, that was it. I just was hooked. I can't explain to you the feeling of the unknown going into it and learning something about yourself and how tough you are in those moments because everything is telling you to stop and you don't, you keep going. And since then, I ran the London Marathon which, you know, that was a bittersweet race. I, I funnily enough, I didn't enjoy that race. I, I, I'm not one for crowds and I'm not one for fuss. So I much preferred my marathon on my own, which was just through the woods, along the river with my thoughts and just the kind of sound of my footsteps and some lovely music. And, you know, it was a really spiritual experience that run. And I will never forget that day. London was very overwhelming and I was very acutely aware of people tracking me and my race on an app, um, which was great fun and I loved and I knew that everyone would be so proud of me whether I finished in three hours or 13 hours, they wouldn't mind, but it was, it felt like a different, it was a very different vibe, different experience and I'm not one for city races. So I'm definitely a, a trail marathon slash, you know, just on a random day I'll wake up and I'll maybe decide that I'll do another one um but the here and now is that I I do have my first ultra marathon uh 
50 kilometers uh, on the 9th of September. So, oh God, it's so close. And it's along the Thames Path and I'm running it with the gorgeous Finn, who is the running coach for 444. Um, and another friend, Jenny, who's just a fabulous woman. And I am so excited to see what I will learn about myself. I think getting to 40 kilometers and knowing there's another 10 is going to be a really, really just life-changing experience. And I'm excited to dig deep. I'm excited to go into the pain cave and I'm, I'm excited to see where this can take me. And I think this is just the beginning of my journey. And, you know, I have so many ultras that are on my bucket list that, you know, I, I'm, I may have to look at maybe having my loose skin removed before I do any of these hundred milers. And that's something I'm, you know, I'm aware of. And I, I definitely try to stay within my physical pain threshold when it comes to running in that, in that way with, with the body that I have after, um, extreme weight loss, but ultras feel lovely to me. They feel friendly and I'll explain why. Um, ultras I have renamed fast picnic because I, just I'm going to have a pack full of snacks. I'm going to have uh, Tailwind Nutrition, which is like a carbohydrate drink. I'm going to have protein bars, nuts, trail mix, chocolate, sweets. I'm going to have all of this lovely stuff with me. I'm going to be with friends. I'm going to have a banging playlist. It's along the Thames path, a path I know so, so well. I know every single part of it back to front. So it's very familiar. It's also in nature. Like the path is very, it's wooded, it's trees, it's by the river. I just think it's going to be a lovely experience. And it's also just a straight line. There are no big crowds. There's nothing that feels scary to me. It just feels like a lovely adventure. And I'm entering my sort of like quite hardcore training camp starting next Monday. And then I'll begin my taper after that. And I'll just go and see, man. I'll just turn up on the day and be like, right, we'll bust it out. Um, and I will finish because I am a stubborn mule. And I'm not uh, elegant racehorse, nor am I a fast little Arabian pony. I am a stubborn mule, but I'm very aware of that. And I think I'm suited for ultras in that way. So that kind of brings me to the end of my story. Um, when it comes to my running journey, I most definitely will do an episode that talks more about the sports science behind everything. And I think this could be a good opportunity to ask you guys to leave me some questions that you would like me to answer. Maybe I could do a specific Q&A to answer your specific questions about your running journeys. Or if there's anything that I can explain as a coach now about how you could structure your running, any advice, anything at all. Um, you know, I think a lot of questions are to do with like injury prevention, shin splints, form, breathing, everything like that. So I think that could be a really, really wicked episode where I could do some, make some really helpful, um, give some really helpful answers around that. So I'll invite you all to leave your questions on this episode for that next time that we will do that. But I, I thought today could just be sort of the story of how I got into running and what I did, because it's a question that I'm probably asked the most. So that is my story. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I love you all very much. And thank you for tuning in to episode six of Nine Lives. <laughs> six, six. Um, also just want to say I'm so delighted to hear that this podcast has become such a little safe space for so many people. I 
I had really no idea what I was getting into when I recorded my first one and I was very, very terrified. And now I feel much more confident and much more at home uh, behind the microphone. And it feels like I'm genuinely talking to a group of friends, um, which is the nicest feeling in the world. And I also like to imagine that everyone listening is at some part of my journey before me and I'm just on the path ahead looking back and offering you a hand and that's that's how I how I see this podcast and it's such a lovely lovely experience for me um I couldn't ask for a better reception or a better community or anything I really truly dearly love you all so thank you for being here uh we're doing a double recording this week so I'm gonna jump into the next episode which will be all about how to find your purpose and uh how to figure out what to do when you're a late bloomer so tune in next week for that i love you all very much um speak to you soon